0: Real estate is just creating connections, building relationships and, you know, giving because the more you give, people are going to want to give back to you. I couldn't even go to Woolworths without everybody wanting to talk about the market. They've opened the conversation, not you. So it's an awesome opportunity just to turn around and say to them, yeah, the market's incredibly good at the moment. So if you do know of anybody that might be thinking about selling or need some assistance, I would love you to pass on my details.
1: You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington.
2: Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington for the latest episode of Courageous Conversations and with me my friend Marnie Beauchamp. Hi Marnie, how are you? Hi, I'm well, how are you? Yeah, going really well. Now you and I have actually only known each other for about, I reckon it's been about a year, it was sort of around about lockdown last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Um, March I think, yeah March yeah yeah, and since then you've just become part of our family. You're doing so <laughs> much work with the team at Lang and Simmons. and I've known um, you've got an incredible history in and around the real estate um, in the real estate space, but yeah, a little bit more drama back there than I realized. So I do, if it's okay, want to talk about some of the challenges that you've had because that's what this is all about, right? Um, yeah, of course. Yes, it's really easy to look at someone like you. Um, who's doing really well in their – because you are a, um, a coach and a trainer, you're doing some incredible programs with with my team at Lang and & Simmons and so many others. Yeah, it's really thank easy you. for people to look at you and go, wow, she's really got it all together. But um, it's taken you a long time to to get back, right?
0: It's taken me a long time. And, yeah, it hasn't always been smooth sailing, unfortunately. Not. So people do have that perception and, yeah. you know, you just don't talk a lot about – the challenges and no. things that you've had over the years and um, so there's only you know really a handful of people that kind of know my my what well, I guess my real story. <laughs> what your real um, story is
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah but
0: you know at the end of the day it is what it is.
2: Absolutely well thank you for sharing uh, agreeing to share it with us um, today I really appreciate it um, and as I say I think it's really important for people to understand what some of us have been through to get to you know the happy smiley people we are today. That's it. So you started, uh, you were working in property development for about five years, right, before you got into Resi Sales.
0: I was, yeah. I, um, so, I moved to Kayama from Sydney um, and I um, went to a recruitment agency and um, ended up getting a job with a property developer. So, real estate wasn't actually even on my radar, to be honest with you. I, I didn't even know anything about real estate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a really good opportunity to get into something which was fairly exciting.
2: And then 92, you got into um, Resi Sales.
0: Yes. So I did the I did the five years with him and then I um I kind of got headhunted. I was looking for a property myself in Kayana and walked into an agency where my one of my TAFE teachers was working. So he was running the agency and um yeah, yeah he um offered me a job next day.
2: <laughs> and within a couple of years you bought into that business. Yes. I did. Fast mover.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things when um it's it's kind of crazy when so my dad um, actually bought a business, his first business, when I was about 12 yeah. and, um, you know, I was very close to my dad um, and I always wanted to be doing whatever he did. And so every weekend, every school holidays, I would go to work with him, um, you know, hang around, probably be very annoying, answer <laughs> of phones, whatever I could do. And, um, and so, you know, in school people would sort of say to me, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And for me it was, I want to own my own business.
1: Yeah, right. And they'd
0: say, what doing? And I actually had absolutely no no didn't. idea at that point. So it was kind of weird when the opportunity came up, yeah. Um, I just I just grabbed it. I didn't even think twice. Um yeah, I kind of just said, Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And then I made it fit, made it work after made that. Made it work. And you, yeah.
2: you did you did pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah, we did. Um so we ended up um, the number one agent in the area. So I inherited 12 staff um, and one rent roll and then there was another agency in in town selling um, so i bought their rent roll as well so i i bought you know the agency plus another rent roll um, you know went to the bank had no idea what i was doing um, and you know asked for some money and um, basically we were looking to buy you know a house at the time and and we probably couldn't do both so it was a bit of a risk yeah. but um, i remember him saying to me you know what's your plan b and I just looked at him and must have looked a bit confused. So he said, you know, if this doesn't work out, and I said, there is no plan B. And I yeah. literally never had a plan B. It was going burn to the work. boats, As they say, burn the boats, right? 100%, yeah. And, um, you know, I went in, you know, I had um, 12 staff that I inherited straight away, all older than me, you know, much more experienced than me. Um, so it took a, it was a little bit challenging to find my way and to sort of gain their trust. Sure. Um, but yeah, but I did, and it was it was awesome. We, as I said, we got to number one um, alongside another agency. It was kind of like we tip for tat each week. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, fantastic. And you had two young kids at that time. I did. Or- I had a newborn and oh, a two-year-old.
0: <laughs> a newborn so and a
2: two-year-old, right? Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of maternity leave in your life.
0: None. No. I think I had two weeks off with the first child and then the second I had three months but I was actually working from home during that three months and still doing appraisals and things so yeah 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 so no not much time at all.
2: Nice no. so um things started to go a little bit pear shaped from there what happened? So I
0: ended up finding myself going through a divorce when the girls were um three and five
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and I just felt like at that time I needed to take a bit of time and spend some time with them. Yep. So I made the decision to sell the business. Um, and you know, I was just happy to go have a break and then, you know, continue on as a contract agent. Um, and I, so I went down that path and unfortunately I did have a little bit of time left on my uh, franchise agreement which I was quite happy to pay out as as yeah. was the you know I guess the the um, clause in the agreement but unfortunately there'd been a lot of other officers that left that particular franchise around the same time and I was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back is that the right saying yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, yep. yeah. um and so yeah I pretty much was made mm-hmm. attempted to make an example of um to and you know so what did that stop. look like what did
2: he do um, so
0: he tried to sue me for damages, um, and the dollar amount at the time was a million dollars.
2: Okay, it and we're was, going back about what fifteen years or more yes, now, right? Two thousand five, yeah, the beginning of two
0: thousand five. Yeah. So um, a long time ago, and and it's a lot of money now, but you can imagine those days, it was horrendous. Um, I mean, there was no houses in Kaima even worth that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it was. Incredibly hard because when somebody somebody sues you or somebody attacks you like that, you have no choice but to defend yourself. Um, so I I literally couldn't do anything except get caught up, you know, in this vortex and get dragged through um, Supreme Court. Um, he got so.
2: it's, as a franchisor. I've got some experience in this space. Yeah. Right? Seems bizarre to me that you end Very, up in the Supreme Court when you only had such a short period of time left to go. On your franchise agreement, and you were okay to pay. It was because so many others were leaving, and he was blaming you as. The reason that the brand was falling apart or
0: well, because they had lost, I think, six or seven offices that year. Um, I and then, you know, I didn't actually choose to go to that other brand. Um, it was the buyer of my business was already trading as that brand. Um, so they, you know, obviously wanted to rebrand. Yeah. So yeah, it was extreme and nobody understood it. You know, I had so many people in the industry contacting me and and, you know, asking me what what the hell was happening and why. Um, and I couldn't explain it either. I had I just had no idea. Um, and all I knew was that I was getting dragged into court. I had to get a Queens council barrister to compete, um, which was $11,000 a day. Um, I had my own solicitor, accountant, you know, everything that I needed. Um, he also put an injunction on me so that I couldn't work. So basically the contract um, with the people that bought my business was that I could only work for them. Um, and then he put an injunction on me so that I couldn't work for them. Oh, I money. literally went, not only um, was I splurging money that I didn't have at a very fast rate of knots, I was also not earning anything. So I was incapable of working. Um, it just, yeah, as I, said, <laughs> I can't even sort of no, really just- explain the, the um, what that did to me. I, I just, in the end, I had nothing and like mentally, physically or financially. Um, it didn't... It didn't actually end with a result. In that, I I just didn't have the money to keep fighting, and the judge was getting very frustrated because he could see that it was really a case. It wasn't really didn't have much foundation. Yeah. Um, so he um I, I ended up taking advice and putting my company into voluntary administration. Yeah. The company had no assets or debt, so um, it sort of made sense because it was the company mainly that he was suing yeah. um, and um, so yeah, so I made that decision, um, which was very hard for me the The company was named after my my children and and it was like my pride and joy. it was something that I you know had worked so hard and, and mm-hmm. wanted for such a long time. Um, so I ended up buying the company out in the end. Um, it cost me about $110,000 extra wow. just to do that. We went to mediation for, um, we started at nine o'clock in the morning and finished at midnight. Um, I, you know, I was skin and bones. I just, yeah, I had a breakdown. It was just, it was just the most difficult time because as I said, I just, I just couldn't, I was trying to look, up, look after my kids and be there for them. Yeah. Um, and you know, he. his, and so his the kids were
2: like three and five. Yeah, they were three and
0: five, yeah. And yeah. how long
2: did the court case go? How long did it go on for? Six months. Right.
0: Wow. Um, and he admitted eventually in mediation that he was trying to make an example of me. And that was pretty much the only thing that came out of it. Um, and, you know, which was just such a shame because I know that, you know, he walked away struggling financially as well. But for me, I literally remember. You know, at a point, I'd sold everything, um, and I was still paying off debt for years. Um, but I remember sitting in the park with my my girls, and all they wanted was an ice cream, and I I, I couldn't even buy them an ice cream. I had a dollar seventy six in my bank account, and um, yeah, I had to borrow money off my um, parents for groceries. Um, had to move in with them for a while. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty hard when you've worked, you know, so hard to get to where you are, and then you know that it happened. Just,
2: yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even I can't even imagine yeah. how that must have felt. But I mean, looking back, I can say I'm sorry to I'm sorry to upset you. I feel terrible. No, no, um, it's okay. you didn't talk about it. Um, to be honest, but you must be so proud yeah. of where you are now.
0: Yeah, I am. Um, I'm I'm extremely proud, really. But it's um it's just, I don't know. I think I lost so much during that time that I'm, you know, now for me, I, I just, um, it's like when I, when I do things, um, there's always that, it's really weird. There's an underlying fear, like, okay, something great's happening and I'm hitting these goals and stuff. So what's going to happen? <laughs> I know it sounds silly and it's. it's no, it doesn't you know, sound silly okay, at all. I can completely understand it.
2: Whereas if, if I was you, I would be thinking, I've had all the bad stuff that I'm going to have. Yeah. Everything's going to be good from here. So that's, yeah. it. Well,
0: that's, that's the way I've got to look at it. I've got to, I've got to turn my mind, but yeah, I feel like I've come an incredibly long way. Um, you know, after, after that, you know, got sorted, um, you know, I was driving home with my dad and, you know, one of the last things I remember him saying to me was, you know, man, you did it. You did it once. You can do it again. Do it again. So don't ever doubt yourself. And, you know, he said to me, nobody did that, but you, you know, you got to where you were. Um, you know, you, you created it and, you know, yes, you know, somebody's taken that off you, so to speak at this point in time, but they'll never take off you, you know, your ability and, and your belief in yourself. So that's, that's the thing that really got me back up again. Um, yeah. But after, you know, obviously after all this happened, um, as, as you know, um, my dad died, you know, very suddenly. Yeah. Um, so that was only, <clears throat> that was only a month after the court case finished um but he had there
2: for you until yeah. um, to get you through the court case right he
0: did he did he was there every day driving me to rock. court picking up the pieces <laughs> picking me up off the floor I'm I literally
2: picking you up off the floor, which, um, off the floor when i was yeah. in
0: the fetal position just you know not not wanting to face life anymore and and you know he um he picked me up and took me up to their place and looked after my kids and just gave me the space I needed. Um, so how had did you get back on
2: your feet after all that? Um, well,
0: I was lucky that I had a couple of incredible friends, um, one who um, has been my best friend since we were four years old and the other one, you know, her and I have been friends now for about 25 years. Um, yeah. And they just never left my side. So, you know, I'm so thankful for them. Um, But I just knew at the end of the day, I just knew that nobody else could do it but me. So I had no choice. At the end, it was either do it or stay like this. And I could have left the industry. I could have, you know, gone and gotten a job somewhere else that was just going to give me a weekly pay. Cause at that point I was on contract as well. So, you know, I wasn't getting a retainer or anything. I, I I had to perform, I had to put a smile on my face. I had to face the world and, you know, so makeup and heels and nice clothing became my facade, my persona, you know, that enabled me to, to get out there and, And, um, and just, and just try and do it again. But, um, so basically I obviously had to take a bit of time. Um, but as I said, I, I didn't have anything and, you know, that wasn't fair on my daughters either to, um, you know, for them not to have our own home and, and stuff like that. So I, um, I went back to work and I was very, very fortunate that the, um, that the lady who bought my business, who's an amazing woman, um, was just so supportive of me Yeah and gave me the space and was there when I <laughs> had to go home on the days that I just couldn't uh, cope, to, cope to help yeah. out. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I made that decision that um, I wanted to do it for me, for my girls, for the rest of my family and for my dad. So I um, I picked up the pieces and I just got out there and I just did the work and I obviously started so that the the franchise that bought my business was um, Ray White and yep. um, they do their their the rankings in um you know city metro regional
1: yeah
0: um so we were regional and you know obviously at that point i was i don't even remember what number it was like 784 or something crazy so starting with nothing um and then you know within the space of the next not you know the next award so it was just over a year yeah um i got to number 12 in the state wow that's
2: amazing congratulations
0: Yeah. yeah thank you
2: that's um that is a massive um yeah, massive effort and um, and a real lesson to everybody, right? Once you make up your mind why you're doing it, yeah. you're doing it for your girls. Your girls deserve, um, you know, deserve everything you can give them. Yes. Um, it's amazing what you can actually do. Yeah. Phenomenal. And, and
0: it's true, and this is what I say to people all the time now, you know, you've got to you've got to find your why you've got to know why you get out of bed every day. And, and cause it is a hard industry and, you know, being commission only um, contract, I didn't get leads or anything. I just had to make them and find them. Um, and, you know, I was lucky. I'd been, you know, working there for a while and, and it was, yeah, was a nice, small it was like but... a lot
2: of luck in your career. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't even know what luck is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but yeah um oh look you
0: know as I said at the end of the day I um I did it and yeah I felt um when I got to that point I knew that the sky was a limit again for me and that there was nothing there was nobody or uh, nobody and no thing that was ever going to stop me from doing what I wanted to do again I you know I had those moments where I thought no excuse the French, but effort. <laughs> yeah. just I was leaving the industry. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, it's all too hard. And, you know, and then I just went, you know what? No way. That's, that's not going to beat me. And that's, that's always my, my thing. I'll go in head first and then I just sort out the details after it's always been the way I, I, I I've been. Yeah. Um, I don't go into things thinking, Oh, look, I'll try. And, and if it doesn't work out, then we'll do something else. It's always like, I'm just going to do it. And, um, and I did, and I I I swore at that time I wouldn't go into business again, and I swore I would never join a franchise. <laughs> um, and I did both. <laughs>
2: I did both, <laughs> but it ended up okay.
0: It ended up incredible. Yeah. I um I so I started from scratch this time. Um, I didn't buy an existing business. Um, down, so um, where was that? It was in Kayama again. yeah. Um, so I um I, I opened an office again. Um, and I originally that was as lj hooker and i had me and one other staff member um and i just worked my butt off like the first two weeks i think i got 22 listings um i just just was on the phones ringing everybody on you um developers just trying to get some stock um and then yeah fast forward to Nine eight years later, I had two offices. Um, I had another one in Berry. Um, I was with McGrath at that time, and um, I had um, twenty staff at my peak. Um, and still, you know, obviously sole carer for my girls, um, and doing you know everything that you do in life along alongside that, which is you know everything from picking up dog poop. <laughs> The bins out, you know, washing and cleaning and shopping and um, homework and and you know trying Sounds to very get the
2: money.
0: Oh, <laughs> so glamorous, so glamorous! And sometimes I'd be like, you know, toddling around the yard in, in my heels, going, "Oh God, I forgot to do that today." <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure the Garbo got a, a bit of a laugh sometimes. A I can young. imagine. And
2: and so, yeah. <laughs> um How long ago did you get out of actually being a, an agent?
0: Um, so I sold the office in Bury in 2016. Why did you do that? I just found that it was really difficult. I've always been the sole director, owner and a selling principal um, and the main income earner basically. Um, and I just found it. So Bury's a regional um, rural farms, absolutely yeah. amazing area. And obviously, Kiama's, the beaches, which I loved. So I had two wardrobes, by the way. <laughs> I, oh, I like that. I couldn't be running around on 100-acre properties with leeches and snakes in in my heels, so I had my berry wardrobe. I had my kaiama wardrobe. Yeah. Um- but I just found it was really difficult to manage the two of them, um, and because there were so such different areas. And you know with Barry, we did all the way down the coast um through to Kangaroo Valley. Some of the bigger properties, you know one inspection would take five hours. Yeah. Um, and so I just made the decision, and I'd lost some focus on Kyama and you know a bit of market share. So I just thought that the best thing would be to let that one go. Um I also, unfortunately, after my dad passed away, um, my mum got quite sick um, and um, she had like an autoimmune disease, which they think was brought on by grief. We don't know, um, but she'd never been sick before. I don't remember my mum being sick growing up. She was such a strong woman. So she was going through a lot and I was spending a lot of time taking her to medical appointments and specialists yeah. and things. Um, and so I just kind of needed to be more in Kayama where she was. Yeah. Um, and the girls were a bit older. And so I was, you know, mum's taxi constantly driving them around after school and things. And I just, yeah. So I made that decision that I'll let that one go. And, um, you know, we, we'd created a great business there. Um, and we, you know, had really good market share by then. Yeah and focus back onto Kayama And, um, and I did that. And then um, at the end of um, uh, mid 2017, my mum passed away. So mm. that was kind of the final point where I, just, you know, she was always very worried about um, just me with stress and things like that. Um, and so I just, I kind of got to that point where I thought, you know what, I actually, it's almost like, they were my anchor in Kayama because I moved there for them. And, um, and I just felt like um, I just needed a change. I just needed to be doing something else. And um, yeah, you just kind of start to reevaluate life a bit when those things happen. Um, You know, they're both young and yeah, certainly fit and healthy. (laughs) Um, So I just, I felt like it was time for me to, you know, Get some space, space, and being in a small town, everybody knows you. Everybody knows your business, and yeah. that's not a bad thing all the time. But sometimes it can get quite suffocating.
2: And well, everybody you knows know, your story, and if you don't want to have to relive that story over and over again, you have to go somewhere where they don't know your story, right? So yeah, you, exactly. Now no, you've just shared with everybody, so oh, the whole, the whole okay. well, I just know now. So Oh look, it's, it's, I've had
0: some time now, and I've kind yeah. of just yeah recouped. But yeah, it just it just felt like it was time. And as I said, um, you know my all my you know my main links, I've still got family and some absolutely amazing friends. There, there are all my staff had always been great friends of mine, and I miss yeah, everybody yeah. a lot. But um, I just felt like it was really time. And and I'd been wanting to move into the coaching space, and that's what I loved. I loved training up new team members, right. you know, from scratch and. I'd wanted to get into that space and obviously, you know, down there we didn't have zoom and all that kind of thing then. And it just felt like it was a little bit more, um, even though everybody knew me and it would have been easy to build my business. I just wanted to, explore
2: the big bad world I guess (laughs) yes absolutely Um, I'm so glad that you did because we absolutely love working with you and the feedback that I get from my people that are working with you absolutely love um absolutely love what you do and I should actually I don't usually do this on this but um on this podcast but I should give your um training um your new agent training a bit of a plug um because sure. uh, the, t- the feedback i know you just did it for my team and the feedback's been yeah. absolutely wonderful so if anybody oh, out there has got that. new team members um reach out to to Marnie because um yeah it's definitely yeah she's definitely got a lot of value to add particularly for yeah. our newbies that don't always yeah. get the love and attention that they need right
0: well, that's that's a, that's part of the reason why I've um, developed this particular program is because for me, I recognized as a business owner um, and a selling principal that that was the hardest thing. You know, you you want to bring on new people, you want to grow your team, and you need to do that. But trying to put the time and the love and the energy into them that they need is really really hard. Um, so you know, I just thought if I could develop something that they can get all the groundwork and the framework done, and you know get, get them on their way. So they do yeah. it. They actually did, you know, your team, I love working with your team, the workshop we did. Um, we had a lot of fun with the um, role play. Um, so just doing role play presentations with new people and stuff like that, it, it's yeah. so much harder to do it in that situation. And, and once you've done it in that situation, you, you literally can do it anywhere as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. So,
2: yeah. So What would be the best advice you would give somebody who was thinking about starting in real estate, no matter their age?
0: Oh, I think definitely um, try and find a mentor, um, somebody that can help you. And, and it could just be somebody in the office. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the principal. Um, if you know somebody else in the industry or somebody in that office, um, do some role play with them. Ask them if you can come along uh, to some listening presentations and listen and just learn. Um, I think also something that an agent that um, I worked with did that I think is Uh, to me, it's just the perfect thing. I don't know why we all didn't do it. Um, But he just went around to all of his family and friends because it's like anything, you don't want to go and, um, you know, if you're a surgeon, you're not going to start practicing um, on a patient right you you learn first and you hone your skills and stuff so um he just contacted all his family and friends and anybody that they knew of that was happy for him to do it and he just went and did appraisals um did the calls touch base with them um practice his scripts on lead gen um and then went in and sat down and did market appraisals for everybody
2: um that's actually so a fun. great idea yeah you're right you know you do lot of people yeah. don't do it they're embarrassed they don't, they don't want to make a fool of themselves in front of their friends and their family, but you're right. That's a, that's a,
0: that's gold. Well, they're the ones that are the most forgiving of you. Right. And right. they're the ones that are going to give you the most honest feedback. Yeah. So um, yeah, if you can do it in front of your friends and family, then put you in front of a client and you're just going to fly. Like yeah. it's so that's much easier. Enough. So yeah, I would say do some of that. Um, and then, you know, just get on the phones, but, um, so many people these days are a little bit scared of door knocking, and obviously with COVID we can't do it. Yeah, um, door knocking
2: is not a great idea at the moment, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you probably get people like just oh, the
0: door. barricading the doors. <laughs> yeah, we can't do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there's there's a lot of scripts and dialogues that I have for that, which is so easy. They're not they're not asking for anything. Um, they're just you know providing information. And for me, that's what it's all about. Yeah. real estate is just creating connections, building relationships, and you know giving. Because the more you give, people are going to want to give back to you. I couldn't even go to Woolworths without everybody wanting to talk about the market. They've opened the conversation, not you. So it's an awesome opportunity just to turn around and say to them, yeah, the market's incredibly good at the moment. So if you do know of anybody that might be thinking about selling or need some assistance, I would love you to pass on my details. Because people people forget the power of referrals you know, every time a property settles or literally, sorry, not settles, I do it on exchange, but whenever a property exchanges, how often do people say when they get their reviews and their testimonials, actually, you know, it was awesome dealing with you. Um, and, you know, I've really enjoyed everything. And if you're happy with the service, um, if you do know of anybody else that's thinking about uh, selling or, or buying that I could assist, please let me know. I'd love to speak to them. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a perfect time hard. to do it when they're at their high. they yeah. just exchange their property yeah. and and as soon as you start to do that you'll find that you'll just start to get into you know more doors and, and yeah. when it's a referral the trust factor is already there you've got a proven track record yeah so you know they're the easier ones to convert and you know my business in the end I didn't take new I didn't take anything new I gave everything to my team um wow. you know but I was still the number one agent you know for a couple of years there and I um and I would say eighty percent of my business was repeat referral. So, yeah. um, you know, if you if you do build that network of referral system and stuff, it's it just makes life so much easier.
2: I couldn't agree more. And I know from the team members of mine that you've worked with, they have said that the the conversations that you encourage them to have out there in the market. Um, just feel a lot more authentic to them than some of the conversations maybe that they were having. So yeah. I think that's really what real estate um, is all about, as you say, making those authentic connections with
0: people. 100% honest, you know, yeah. tell the truth and, you know, and actually care. You know, the more empathy yeah. you have for people, um, empathy is one of those emotions that people can actually feel. Yeah. So if you go in, you know, I'll always lead with empathy, I always lead with a, a compliment with everybody you know every every appraisal every every call you make you should always you know thank them for their time yeah it's, it's just so important um but yeah that's you're 100 percent right it's just about engaging with people and um and building that connection with
2: them absolutely i said if they like you they're was, going to trust yeah, you yeah, that's right as um always says they uh people want to do business with people they like know and trust 100 um, so yeah well, i agree um thank you for going through that story. Um, like I said, at the 100%. beginning, it's really important to know everybody's got a story. We don't know what goes on in other people's lives because most of the time we don't want to share it with you. Right. So thank you. hundred
0: percent. And, and, you know, for me, unfortunately I did, you know, I felt a bit, um, I'm not going to say shame, but it's just one of those stories that I, I I didn't feel like it would help people. But then, you know, the few people that I have told, it's helped incredibly because they said, you know, it just shows that, you know, you, you don't have to give up, you no, know, you go right. through these hard challenges. and All it does is build resilience. It actually makes you stronger because you you know the hard yards. You You, you know, when you hit rock bottom, there's only one way to go. Absolutely. And look
2: at you <laughs> and look at you go, girl. Look at you go. Thank you. It's been lovely spending time with you as always. Thank you Thanks, so yeah. much. And um, okay. I will I'll see you in a Lagan Simmons classroom very soon. Absolutely. Okay. No see you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.